0: Welcome to Breaking Through Business, the podcast where we talk about things that are keeping small business owners from getting traction and what they can do about it. I'm your host, Tabitha Sheever, and I have with me today as my guest, Terry Lammers of Innovative Business Advisors and the acting CFO for Banner Fire Equipment. Terry is helping Banner execute an acquisition strategy currently. Um, He was formerly owned his family's fuel business and grew it from 700 Thousand dollars to forty five million dollars through eleven acquisitions. He's a certified valuation expert, and he's big on being knowing your ratios. So we're going to dive into that a bit in this show today too. But first, Terry, tell me why you love acquisitions as a growth strategy.
1: You know, I just kind of fell into it, and really, it's um, people are in a perfect position right now. I always tell people, it's like. I did 11 acquisitions with the fuel business, and it wasn't because I was an expert. It's just because there was a lot of people retiring, and I was the only knucklehead that could buy their business. So, <laughs> and with um, the
0: boomers, we got that happening again. So you're saying there may be it, it, yeah. some opportunity it's out there.
1: same way with Banner Fire Equipment right now. There's a, there's just a lot of consolidation going on in the business where um, a lot of people that own that type of business are, are aging out, and, and um, it's a hard business to get into. So you kind of have to know it. So uh, Banner's in a perfect spot to acquire those. And and I'm happy to help the owner of the company do that.
0: Nice. So let's say I'm a business owner and I'm thinking about doing an acquisition. Help us learn from some of the mistakes you've made in the past, right? What are some key things that a business owner who's a considering acquisition should be thinking about?
1: I think it's very important to, to Understand your finance, you know, the financial aspect of it and to put a true value on the company as a certified valuation analyst. Uh, you've run into a lot of people that just have an overly high expectation of what the company is worth. And actually, we trademarked the name a bankability method of valuing a company. And what that in essence says is, Have I come up with the value? for this business, is it a bankable number? Is it a value that I can go to the bank and have a sufficient debt service coverage ratio to fund that acquisition? Mm -hmm. And that's very important. And a lot of times you run into people that, you know, it's just an unrealistic number and it's not gonna happen. Um, Even if they wanna buy it, they can't because they're not gonna be able to have a bank fund it. So, So getting that part of it down is key there's also just a lot of opportunities where you can buy a company and you can come across some very good opportunities. And the other thing that you really need to think about is what are the strategic advantages of purchasing this company? So me and my accountant used to always go back and forth about, you know, he's like, no, the company, you should only pay for the company for the cash flow that it is producing. Mm-hmm. That's true. But sometimes there's some very strategic reasons for purchasing that company that may be able to help you grow your current company much bigger.
0: Like hiring talent or, or, or talent a process or a technology. I, I mean, one of them on that I lines. laugh
1: about is uh, the ConocoPhillips refinery in Wood River, I bought a company, Thomas Oil Company in Wood River, and that was one of their customers. Well, we sold all the fuel to that refinery, which is kind of funny because they <laughs> produce fuel, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, they had to buy it through a licensed distributor. Well, if you think about it, how would you ever get into that company? Mm -hmm. I mean, one, the person you needed to talk to was in Houston, not in Wood River, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just a lot of situations like that. You think you know a competitor, but you don't know all their customers. And that's probably one of the more eye-opening things from the acquisitions that I did that you may think you know all their customers. And the one thing that really irritates me from talking to people is when they go, I'll just let him go out of business and I'll take his customers over. No, pay him a fair price for his business and get all of his customers. Mm -hmm. And we was in the 11 acquisitions that I did with the oil company. We was very successful. We typically kept at least 95% of the customers from the acquisition.
0: How, How did you identify the companies that were good acquisition targets? I mean, There's all these online sites now, right? And I don't think they're any good. So how do they even go about finding who's available to be acquired?
1: You have to get the word out. I mean, I did it with the fuel business, you know, tell your insurance agent tell, because mm-hmm. they've they talk with a business every year because they have to renew their insurance. Tell your banker, just get it out there that you're willing to do the acquisitions. You know, the one acquisition we've done with Banner so far, I think, was a direct result of us telling certain suppliers that, hey, we're interested in growing And, um, you know, if you know of anybody that's interested, let us know. And that's how the one acquisition happened. There was a brother and sister that owned the business, and they was both in their 70s, and they wanted out. And territorial manager knew that we was interested, and we met with them. On July fifth, and we purchased a company by September first.
0: Wow! Now is that that's pretty fast, isn't it? I mean, that's... like what's a what's a what's a realistic timeline expectation here?
1: I would say one year. Okay. I mean, the fastest company I bought was in three days. Oh my goodness! <laughs> July, it, it, seriously. I mean, I found out about it on a Wednesday. We signed a deal on Friday. I found out about it. I called the guy. I go, "What's going on?" The owner had passed away.
0: Mm. Willed it
1: to his niece. And they was losing money. And he's like, we're closing the doors on Friday. I said, what are you doing with your customers? And he goes, we're telling them to go someplace else. I said, hold the phone. I'll be right there. And we worked out a deal that I gave them 25% of the gross profit of the company for the first year. And it was very fair because they was going to close the doors and get nothing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's another interesting thing about acquisitions. You know, we talked about it's got to be financially relevant, Mm -hmm. but there's also... There's a lot of ways to buy a company, whether you do a contract for deed, whether you purchase it outright, whether it's owner financing. You know, in this case, I actually bought two companies where I gave them a percentage of the gross profit of the company for what we kept because I had no idea, you know, this one, the owner had passed away and there was no clear path to Mm. how we're going to retain those customers. The other one was a stretch from our geographical territory and... I acquired the owner of the company because, again, he was going out of business and he needed a job. So he came to work for me. But it's like he was a key employee. So if he didn't stay, I probably wasn't going to keep those customers. And it geographically was a long way away. And it's like, meh, you know, so and it worked out perfect. It was it was a great way.
0: But you were only able to make those acquisitions because you had money in the bank. Right. Ready and like, so you, you talked earlier about the financials being really important on the other side, right, on the the seller side. But what about, like, on your side in terms of cash flow? Um, I know we talk about ratios and understanding all those. We did cash flow drivers with Debbie Corey in our last uh, episode. Talk to me a little bit about, like, financially, what kind of, you know, numbers, what do, what do owners that want to do acquisitions, how much should they be saving, what they should be looking at. Like, how do they need to prepare financially for something like this?
1: So I'm really big on knowing your bankability. Mm And so that you're, we talked about a debt service coverage ratio, that's very important, and then that's one of the key things that a bank's going to look at. You know, what is your current ratio? What is your accounts receivable days, accounts payable days, inventory days? Um, I have a cash flow game that I share with clients, and at one point in time, I had sales of over two hundred fifty thousand dollars a day. So if you think about You know, inventory aside, if your account's payable days go down by a couple of days, meaning you're paying your payables faster. Mm -hmm. And if your account's receivable days go up by a couple of days, meaning you're not receiving your money as quick and your sales are $250,000 a day, that's a million dollar swing in cash flow. And it has nothing to do with the profitability of the company, mm-hmm. you know? And I talk about that in my book, You Don't Know What You Don't Know. But, I know, um, which
0: was like a life-changing book for me, by the way, when I read that book, I was like, oh my gosh, like lights went off, bells went off. So that's there's a huge just plug and recommendation. Um, there's a book, You Don't Know What You Don't Know. Um, It has the step by step process. It's really designed about selling your business, but right? Yeah, and what
1: makes it, it's about. Mergers and acquisitions, but also about what makes your company a sellable company. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. There's a lot of companies that are just, it's just not a sellable company. I mean, yeah. y- you know, so that's important.
0: Well, and I read the book, not because I was going to sell my business, but because I was understanding the whole concept of beginning with the end in mind. And I wanted to really understand if I'm going to build a great business, what does that need to look like so that someday that I can sell it? And so it's, that book is absolutely applicable regardless of whether you're growing, whether you're selling, whether you're buying. so um, Well, it's also
1: very interesting because one of the things we haven't talked about, and which I think is really cool with what you do with EOS, is culture. Because that's a big deal. Um, I've had some bad situations where, you know, you buy a company, you acquire employees, and it's just they just aren't along for the ride and they got to be let go. And it's really Mm -hmm. sad, Mm -hmm. but uh, culture can be a big thing. And if you have key employees... Um, you need to make sure they're on board with what's going on, and that can be tough. That's a touchy situation. And as a an owner out there that's thinking about growing your company by strategy, I would also tell you to keep your emotions in check because a lot of times I see some owners that come in that are pretty headstrong, and it's like, dude, you need to step back and mm-hmm. chill for a second and and let things play out.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I that's what I really like about EOS. You know, it gets everybody in the room on the leadership team and go, is this the strategy? Is this direction? And what do we need to do structurally? Do we have the right people? Do we have the right processes? Right. And so it's not just the owner a lot of times then who's involved in that acquisition, because now you're selling the leadership team and not just the leader. So I know in your book, um, you know, one of the big challenges of of selling a business and probably on the opposite side of buying the business is that key person dependency. And you kind of talked about that. That with that one owner. So talk to me a little bit about what you've seen there and what owners can do to to kind of help mitigate some of the key person dependency issues.
1: I want to jump like through the microphone. And just
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? The number one thing I would tell you is the owner being overly involved in the company. Mm-hmm. You You just cannot. I mean, the number one reason I would tell you that a company doesn't sell is because the owner does everything. Yep. And if you're going to grow your company, if you're really going to grow it, you Cannot be involved. I mean, you, you yes. have to let go of the vine. You have to
0: let go of the vine. You have to be able to delegate and elevate. We did a whole podcast on delegation. So listen to that one because if you aren't good at delegating, it's probably because you don't have the visibility and the clarity about what the, your ratios are, what those financial numbers are that need to be looking at. You don't have the trust within your organization because you're not having the conversations. So, yes. If there was one
1: thing that I think I was most successful at is that I did let go of the vine. Mm-hmm. And at the end, before I sold my company, the thing ran itself. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, and I always, I kind of laugh, to be honest with you, because it's like, I think my employees preferred if I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, well, you, you, but you have to make those steps yep. and you, you just got to learn to let people take control.
0: Absolutely. So this has been an absolute pleasure. I always love talking to you. I feel like we can talk for hours. I know that where you're at in your career, you're really big on wanting to go and speak and to help educate owners. So tell us about what's next for you, how people can get a hold of you.
1: I love my position at Banner and, and there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, I really do want to get more and more involved in the public speaking. I enjoy that and doing stuff like this podcast. Our website for Innovative is innovativeba boyapple.com. Uh, my cell phone number, which I'm happy to share, is 618-530 8922. Uh, the name of the book is You Don't Know What You Don't Know. We actually trademarked that name. The byline is um, Everything You Need to Know, the Buy or Sell of Business. There's actually four books in the series right now, and, and we're writing the fifth one, which will be more stories about mergers and acquisitions. So excited about that. Even though writing a book is painful,
0: I'm I'm a finance (laughs) guy and
1: I'm an author. But (laughs) well, they're
0: well written. So whatever you're doing, keep it up because they're great books. So, Terry, you've been an absolute wealth of knowledge, and I just thank you so much for sharing all of your um, experience with everyone here today. Um, On our next podcast, we're going to talk to Catherine Hunt of Grow Marketing Agency and learn a little bit about her journey and how she helps businesses grow organically. So definitely different ways to grow. and we hope that uh, one of them works for you. As always, a pleasure. Any last words of wisdom for our listeners?
1: Grow your company by mergers and acquisitions.
0: <laughs> there you go. Thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: This has been Breaking Through Biz with Tabitha Sheever. And I just want to give a thank you to Family Vision Media and Dave Powell for helping us to produce this podcast. Plus Delta is committed to helping your small business get your operations in order and to drive positive change. To learn more about Plus Delta services or EOS, go to plusdelta.com. Until next time, happy changing, everyone.